All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Good morning and welcome back to the Garageville Podcast. I am Jason Hallman, your host. Um, this episode, I have a fantastic guest, Mr. Tim Holly from Fit for an Autopsy. Um, the Garageville Podcast, as always, is brought to you by the Arlen Ness Motorcycle Company. Save 10% and receive free shipping in the lower 48 when you use the sales code GARAGEVILLE10 on all orders at arlenness.com. We're also brought to you by Bell Helmets USA. Follow at Bell Helmets underscore power to see the latest in helmet design and safety. See your local Bell Helmets dealer to order your new Bell Helmet today. We are always brought to you by Electric Lighting, featuring top-shelf LEDs backed by 30 years of industry-leading manufacturing and the best warranty in the marketplace. Use the sales code SPEED2022 for free shipping in the lower 48 on all orders over 50 bucks at namscustomcycleproducts.com. 1620 Workwear is premium, made-in-the-USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620USA.com and use the code SPEED2022, and you are going to save 20% at checkout. The Garageville Podcast listeners get the biggest discount anywhere, so follow at 1620USA on Instagram. The High Seas Rally is sailing from Port Canaveral this October. I'm going to be on there with a bunch of friends of mine, Xavier Muriel, Rick Bray. It's one week, four ports. What could go wrong? The drink code is on us, or drink card, rather, is on us. Use Speed Metal, and you're going to save 100 bucks in your cabin. And last but not least, we are brought to you by Team Dream Rides in Maryville, Tennessee. Visit TeamDreamRides.com or follow at DreamRidesTennessee on Instagram. Um, we have a fantastic show. Tim Holly and I have known each other for a few years, and we were just talking, realizing that we've broken bread, we've had dinner, we've talked and just kind of chatted a bit, but we've never sat down and had a real good conversation. So hopefully you enjoy yourselves today and all of the uh, things we're going to talk about and cover here. So without further ado, Garageville Podcast. You're listening to the Garageville Podcast with your host, Jason Coleman. There it is. (laughs) The final gong. (laughs) What's happening? Not much. How are you, Tim? Not bad, man. Leaving leaving tomorrow for Europe and uh, just kind of packing getting everything ready to go it's our first time over there in uh geez just over two years so it's uh it's definitely one of those times where i'm 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 ready for it you know what's funny is so you and i i you and i were talking in pre-show for a minute you and i have known each other. i'm trying to think it's been i think two or three years maybe three or four i don't know i met you um at giuseppe's in daytona i think it's yes. the first time we met and me and you and jim root and all the regular, you know, players in that circle 
we're having dinner and I didn't, I knew that you were, you're with first manufacturing too, right? To some degree. Uh, I was, um, I was actually just let go about a month ago just cause my touring schedule is super heavy and they wanted to go in a different direction and, and whatnot. It was, wasn't, you know, anything, uh, you know, no bad blood. It was just, you know, didn't really work out for us. Right. Scheduling wise. And so, so, and, and, you know, I, 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 um, I have a drum set. I'm not going to say I'm a drummer. I have a drum set. And, okay. you know, Xavier and I are very good friends. We're pretty tight. And uh, so, you know, he and I, oftentimes our conversation ends up in music. And you and I, that's how we met is having a music conversation with Jim. And we're talking and this, that, and the other thing. And then, you know, I saw you. I see you all over the place. We see each other everywhere. It's always, you know, hugs and high fives and what's up and how you doing. Everybody's good. But you're working. I'm working. We don't get that chance to sit down like we are now, finally. And then I realized I'm like, wait a minute. So I start doing a little bit of research. I didn't realize that. And listen, forgive me because, you know, there's the Venn diagram that we all operate in, right? I didn't know sure. that. I saw you put a post out last week after you had even said, you know, I called you or texted you. I'm like, hey, man, let's do a podcast. And you're like, yeah, man, no problem. I'm going to be busy doing this, that, and the other thing. And you were going to Atlanta uh, with Jeff last weekend or see Jeff last weekend. And then I started doing some research and I'm like, holy shit. This guy's, he's going to Europe. What is he going to Europe for? He's torn. And then I start looking and dude, fit for an autopsy is like one of the biggest death metal. I don't know. Is it death metal? I sound completely uh, fucking I mean, ignorant. We, would, we, would, we kind of fit into about four or five different sub genres of metal. Um, and uh, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely one of those funny things where people ask us what we are. And I always just say metal. You know, it's just an easier answer when somebody's like, oh, what kind of band are you in? I'm like, I'm in a metal band. Well, dude, so of course, being, being, I am a huge music nerd and there's genres and there's only, there's, the more you dig, that's a wormhole that the more you go down the wormhole, the more you find there's things out there and there's things you didn't know about. And like, I called my mom six months ago, cause you're a guitar player. Hopefully you'll catch this reference. I called my mom about six or eight months ago. Cause my parents really raised me around album rock and very heavy into it. And, you know, made sure I knew who Jimmy Page was and made sure I knew that the who played at a, at the Southfield uh, high school auditorium and they borrowed Ted Nugent's amplifiers and like all these little like nuanced little anecdotes. Right. And I call my yeah. mom and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, where the fuck was, why didn't you introduce me to Rory Gallagher? She's like, who? And I'm like, okay. So, you know, you find out that here's this guy and I don't know if you know who he is or not, but holy shit, like really good. He's, you know, he's passed away now since then, but it's like, so you find these little pockets of things you didn't know about and it makes music that much more exciting, right? Yes, exactly. And, you know, my dad, it's, it's kind of funny. My dad and my mom weren't really big music people, right? Like, right. you know, my into the radio and he had a couple records that he liked, but it's not like my dad was taking me to concerts. I mean, he, he was taking me to concerts because I wanted to go, right. you know? It wasn't like he was taking me to concerts when I was single digits because he wanted to go. It was more so, you know, that was something that I kind of found on my own. I'm not going to say that it's it was solely on my own. Sure. Uh, but the musician thing was definitely on my own. I remember being in the car and telling my dad, like, I think I want to play guitar. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because he's like, you know, what brought that up? He was curious. 
and straight up my words were i think i just need a hobby <laughs> that's some a good kid, insight as a kid and learn words you don't really know what they are and you know you kind of understand and uh that was one of those words that i heard and i was just like hmm. i was like this sounds cool i need a hobby which is just something that you do for fun and it turned into an entire career well and it's in you know um being as close as I am with, uh, with Xavier and being what I, you know, Jim and I are, Jim and I are friends. Um, we, you know, we don't sit on the phone and talk, but we, every time we see each other, we have, we've had, you know, we've had personal moments together where we've gone and done things, just two of us hanging out, whatever. It's, it's more than just kind of, you know, he knows me through motorcycles and I know him through, I knew him through motorcycles. I mean, Slipknot, I was a huge fan, but I'd met him a couple of times and didn't know who he was because they wear masks and he, I didn't meet him in a music setting. So he was just a tall dude that, you know, had a, had a beard and a funny mustache at the time, but, um, you know, but he was cool. So we became yeah. good friends and, and, and I've he's been with him. Yeah. He's a very cool dude. And, you know, to be friends with somebody who's in one of the biggest bands of all time is, is pretty cool, but not for that reason. It's, it's all the other stuff that comes after that. But how old were you when you decided you needed a hobby? Oh man, I, I, I started playing guitar when I was uh, 10 or 11. I, I was like, I was 10 or 11. And I remember, you know, sitting there and listening to the radio in the car with my dad. And I was listening to Ozzy of all people. I was listening to Ozzy and I was just like, man, I was like, these tracks are sick. And hearing Randy Rhodes for the first time, or not the first time, but hearing Randy Rhodes and really paying attention to it rather. Right. Uh, that was the catalyst for me saying all right this is what i want to do isn't that isn't that the difference between listening and hearing like i don't know if you're married or not <laughs> but yeah. i i, I am, hear my I wife a lot <laughs> no kids i literally like all my time and money goes into either motorcycles or playing music right well th that's what i'm saying there's like a difference between listening and hearing right so you've heard ozzy a hundred times when you sit down and listen to him, that was my next question was going to be, okay, so are you a, are you a Zach Wild guy? Are you a Jakey e. Lee guy? Are you uh, a Randy Rhodes guy? You know what I mean? Like, cause those are, those are the big ones, right? Those are the big three. They don't, none of them play with them obviously anymore, but you know, that's uh, which, which direction did you, did you go down? So when I was a kid, right. Um, I was definitely more of a fan of the eighties Aussie stuff, okay. right? Um, so I was way more into the Randy Rhodes stuff cause I, I liked the Jakey e. Lee stuff, but it was a little bit too, um, it was two eighties, right? Got you. Whereas, uh, the Randy Rhodes stuff had that classical feel to it. And I always liked classical music when I was growing up. So that was one thing that crossed over for me. And uh, it was it was definitely a, a Rhodes feel for the first couple of years. But as I got older, um, you know, and I started getting into the guitar stuff a little bit more. I mean, I started playing guitar in 99. OK, know? so for me, my big three were always, you know, uh, it was guitar wise, at least um, was always Zach Wilde, Kerry King and. Uh, or Kerry King and Jeff Hanneman. I was gonna, okay. <laughs> and and Dime. You know, those when you're a kid, you know, those were the three guys that were or four guys that were being pushed super hard. You know, so those 
were the guys when I was a kid. So it was definitely, I was definitely a Zach Wild kid when I was growing up, when it came to playing guitar. And there's still, I mean, dude, when I play in fit, there's definitely certain times where I slide in a pinch harmonic when it's, when it shouldn't be there <laughs> just because when I was a kid, you know, I thought it was so cool hearing a pinch harmonic live and, you know, really nailing it. I thought it was awesome. It really is because, you know, I mean, everybody, everything I always say, like, you know, like when I was a high school teacher, I taught auto shop for a little while. Like teachers are some of the best thieves. They reappropriate very good ideas that work, you know, in one person's classroom. Uh, they try to implement them in theirs and they have favorable outcomes. And when you're raising kids and teaching them that, you know, it's okay to steal because the, the intent is to build a better kid. Um, but with music, it's so nuanced. And, you know, you mentioned Randy Rhodes and the, the classical thing. And I was going to say, I mean, most people know by now, if they know anything about Randy Rhodes, that he was looking for a reason to not be in Ozzy's band anymore. And he was going to pursue classical music as what his next thing was. Right. That was yeah. like, that was, he was getting ready to, to make an exodus out of that genre and get into God. No, we'll never know what space he was going to be in because he was so sure. melodic, you know, and I was, that's why I wanted to, when you said Randy, you come across when I meet you, you are very Zach Wild esque uh, in your personality and the way you demeanor and you're, you know, you're super nice, but super fun. And, and I can eat, you know, and I, I just, you have this energy about you that's very powerful. And Zach has that too. But when you said Randy Rhodes, the one thing that I took away, because I downloaded everything I could from Fit, like everything. I've been just been course, listening to Fit for the last, because, you know, I got an, I got an, I got a new jam, right? So your stuff's very melodic, very melodic. And I, and I hear that in there and I'm, I'm, it makes me happy to hear you say things like, you know, you're, you're sliding in a pinch harmonic and, and that, uh, and you know, you're kind of, you're appropriating things that made you, that charged your battery and got you where you are. And that, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's definitely some of those things where, you know, I, I grew up listening to so many different bands and, you know, because it's harder I I was very lucky. It's I was very lucky. In the time when I grew up starting listening to bands and stuff like that, I had the internet, right? So for right. me, it was very, very, very easy for me to find stuff as opposed to a lot of other people where it might not necessarily be that easy. You know, back in the 80s and stuff like that, it was not easy at all. No, you know, no, so dude. <laughs> for me, you know, listening to all that stuff, you know, it was it was it was kind of cool to be able to to sit and find the same or not the same, but the same style of band over and over and over again, just because I saw them on either MySpace or, um, I mean, at the time, Facebook yeah. wasn't really big and wasn't doing the music thing, but you know, MySpace gave a lot of life to a lot of bands and allowed a lot of bands that might not necessarily um, might not necessarily be around right now if it wasn't for you know the fact that it was that easy to promote yourself well you know, that's I a good point because I would go ahead sorry no I, I don't even think that I would be in a band if it wasn't as easy as it was you know my career would be completely different 
if things like MySpace and Facebook weren't around, you know? Well, so let's take the easy word out because it's not easy. What you do is very difficult. Like a lot of like uh, Bunny Carlos from Cheap Tricks says, I don't get paid to play music. I get paid to travel. I play music, you know? And so you're in that space, right? Where your, your job as a professional musician is to travel, to be where you're supposed to be at the specific time that you're supposed to be there and play music with people that you either a get along with very well, B used to get along with not so much anymore. And you're just working or C can't fucking stand. You want to throw a stick at the back of the fucking lead singer's head. I mean, I'm not trying to put words in anyone's mouth, but I know enough professional musicians and been around enough people and seen that those are the three pockets that people fit into. And they can be in all three of those pockets in the same day, the same week, the same tour, whatever. But as a professional traveling musician, it's not easy. So let's take the easy superlative out of their descriptive word and just say how accessible it was to find an audience, because that's what a musician, a successful band needs is to build an audience. And the same thing can be said for communities online. I mean, you know, I'm considerably older than you. you you've made me feel completely like an old fart that I, I'm almost old enough to be your father when you said you picked up. I started playing guitar in 1999 when I was 10. I'm like, holy shit, I was in high school in 89. Exactly. For so, me, you know, it's, you know, I was I was born in 89. Right. You know, um, you know the, the music thing for me, uh, you know, I didn't really, I mean, obviously I was, you listen to music when you're single digits, but it's not like, you know, some parents that are super into music, not necessarily force it on their kids, but like, it was easier for them to get into, you know? Right. Um, but like, I, I started listening to stuff, you know, it was, it was mainly, mainly the radio, you know, it was stuff going on drives and, and hanging out and, you know, going to car shows with my dad and stuff like that, where, you know, we're driving in the car and he's listening to WBAB, which is just our regular rock station, just as like background music and stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, I'd hear all these things and I'd hear Black Sabbath and I'd hear Metallica and I'd hear Led Zeppelin and The Who and Rolling Stones and all these bands. And I'd be like, wow, like this is pretty sick. Like, you know, I enjoy this. This is one thing that I, I definitely enjoy. You know, so it's it's kind of cool to look back and, and see the uh, the full transition, you know. Can I I want to ask you a question that I've never I've never presented to a, another musician as somebody who has a drum set. I can sit down and listen to a song and start to emulate that. Right. Because they're just they're beats. That's why drummers don't get writing credits or publishing credits, really, because you can't you know, you can't, the beat doesn't, doesn't count, doesn't qualify for sheet music or whatever, however they say it. Um, but yeah. can you listen to music and, emu- and emulate it on a guitar? I mean, is a, is a, somebody with your level of proficiency in a guitar, is that a real skill or is that like, oh my God, that dude can just hear, you know, hear no, like Steve Vai, a lot of people know this too, that Steve Vai's professional job early on was to transpose, listen to what Frank Zappa played on his guitar and transpose it and write sheet music from that because Frank Zappa couldn't write sheet music. And so Steve Vai, that was one of his jobs, you know? Yeah. So for me, uh, and a lot of people might not believe this, but to this day, like I can't really read sheet music. 
Um, I can't read or write sheet music. It's just like, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I went to take, uh, you know, I was in, I started out playing recorder in like third grade. Okay. Um, then I, I never joined band. I did join orchestra, but that was after I started playing guitar. Um, but even still like reading sheet music for all that, like I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it at all. And, um, still to this day, all I really know how to do is listen to something and play it back. Wow. Like I, I've learned everything pretty much by ear. Um, I mean, there's still stuff to this day where, um, you know, our guitarist, Will, who does the majority of writing in our band, um, what he'll do is say he'll write a riff and he'll turn around and be like, oh, well, you know, I forget how to play this. Um, and it's just like he won't teach me and I'll learn by ear. Right. So that was something that happened even on this record. So I um, which is a very good record, by the way. Very, thank you. Very good record. You. you should get, you know, and hopefully, you know, I hope that guys like you and, and guys that are in your band, I hope that you guys still get excited about that, like the creation process of that, you know, and that, that the album that I'm referring to is released on January 14th of this year. Uh, oh, what yep. the future holds, which is fucking, I mean, a great opening. It's a great, it's a great album all the way around. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's this record was definitely, um, you know, it was, I feel like there there were definitely some songs that were out of the box, but a lot of the songs were still in that, um, you know, on the same road that we're traveling on when it comes to our progression as a band, right? right. So a lot of bands will force a progression and force their progress into a certain genre or a certain way, but it's like the natural progression is what people actually love. You know, so you look at a band like, um, for example, Opeth, right? Yep. Now, Opeth is one of my favorite bands, Swedish. They, they, I mean, they were a Swedish death metal band. Now they're kind of, then they turned into like a folk band. Then they turned into, now it's, it's a full-on prog rock band or prog metal band, right? Right. Uh, take a lot of hints from the seventies and so on and so forth. But you heard those hints in those early records. If you you're paying attention, right? If you're listening, not hearing 10, 15 years ago. Right. So, you know, when they put out their record, Blackwater park, and I believe 2001, um, I remember hearing it and my mind just going absolutely apeshit. And I was like, this is some of the best guitar work that I've ever heard. And Michael Ackerfeld's voice is some of the best, vocals that I've ever heard because his transition from clean vocals to screaming was just mind blowing. And that band's progression over the last 20, 25 years is cool to watch. Sure. Now, on the other hand, you have other bands that their progression might not be as smooth <laughs> and it might be way more forced and a lot of their fans are not going to like you know what they're doing because they're not staying true to who they are they're kind of just chasing a paycheck or something like that like you well, know when you look at like okay i never 
um, I never got into the band uh, Avenged Sevenfold, right? Okay. But I remember when I was a kid, they came out with that first record, um, which a lot of people were into, the first couple records. And then when they transitioned to all singing, I remember it happened while I was in high school, and kids hated it, you know? And it turned out to be one of the best... Um, I guess you could say business decisions uh, for them in the long run, because now they're one of the biggest metal bands of all time and they're selling out amphitheaters and they're, you know, they're doing it. They're really doing it. Uh, But their fans at the time were definitely pissed off. And I remember kids that I was in high school with that would wear Avenged Sevenfold shirts that, you know, that was, that was a thing of the past for them because, you know, that transition that they didn't like, they were like, well, fuck this band now because, you know, it, it sucks. God, what a, yeah. what an amazing, so that I'll give you my analogy of that. So there's, I'll give you two. So being a kid that, that grew up, you know, I bought, I was a huge Metallica fan. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. dude, you know, kill them all. I had kill them all the me- on the mega force had a cassette, you know, the mega force cassette that didn't have am I evil on it and Blitzkrieg. And, oh, yeah. um, and then I had, you know, the regular kill them all. And, and then I dude, to me, the, if you look at the progression of Metallica into and justice for all fuck dude, yeah. it's like so great. Like I love and justice for all is on my, on my deserted Island, you know, my list of deserted Island records, list of five records, right. And, and Justice for All is on there. I do not like, I hate, I hate, hate's not a, hate's not a right word. I won't listen, I do not listen to the Black Album. I don't, I don't listen to it. I don't, nothing else matters. Yeah, you're right, because this album's dog shit <laughs> to me. And Load and Reload are, are mad, and then they come out with Hardwired, and uh, it's like, holy shit. These, you know, but the progression I'm talking about is like, these guys are almost 60 now. Right, because they're like I think they're ten years older than me, so they they are sixty now. James Hetfield is, I believe, now. You know, I he can't he'd look silly, you know, screaming metal up your ass, and you know, there's still good good things they can play from the early stuff. But you're talking about, and here's the other analogy I'll use, Tim, is you're not young enough, or you're not old enough to remember this. I remember when the Rolling Stones had a tour and I want to say it was 84, 83. And they're like, Oh my God, they've been doing this 20 years. They're old. They got to retire. They got to get done. The who was kind of having the same thing going on. You know, Eminence front came out. That was kind of their last hit, you know, and all the shit. And people were talking, Oh my God, they've been doing this 20 years. So you go back 20 years from when I'm talking about when I'm 10 and it's 1963, you go back 40 years now, almost to, to fucking kill them all. (laughs) Yeah, it's so weird. It's such a long time that I've been listening. So I I know what you mean by that. You know, it happens in the motorcycle industry too. Jesse James is. Do you think he wants to build another CFL? No, of course not. (laughs) Of course not. Right. I mean, it's you know, it's it's kind of funny, and and this is something that you might uh, you might get bummed at me for, but. uh, I personally, uh, Black Album is my favorite Metallica album. I'm I'm not bummed, and I'll tell you why. Because you you didn't you weren't on the same ride that I was on. That's how your that's your introduction to Metallica, probably right. Yes. Okay. So when I was a kid, I would listen to ninety three point or yeah ninety 
2.3 k-rock right so k-rock for me was like that was where we got all of our heavier music that's where i heard i mean not saying that nirvana is heavy but that's where i got you know all of my heavier music from right and it was kind of funny that you know the black album you know me hearing of wolf and man and me hearing you know all these other metallica songs that i thought were super fucking badass and dude that record has riffs and oh it does it do, it's it's it listen it's not <laughs> it's not dog shit it's just i'm i'm like i'm like okay this is what we're doing right i'm you got to remember when the black album came out i'm like a senior in high school or something i'm like you it, know i'm still head banging and shit you know what i mean and then i'm like what <laughs> Exactly. It was just different for you. You know what ruined it for me? I'm going to tell you a funny story. I've never told this story. Um, to, I don't think to maybe one or two people. This is why maybe this might be why I don't like the Black Album. I'm driving around with my buddy in his Cutlass that we built, right? Put Built a 354 bolt main, the whole deal. That was a gearhead in high school. We're driving around. Yeah. And the song Nothing Else Matters comes on. And I fucking swear to God, hand to God, I won't say who this person was because I don't want to out him. He looked over at me and he goes, dude, this is our song. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what, the f what are you talking about? Dudes don't have songs. And so every time I hear nothing else fucking matters, dude, I'm like, I remember him looking at, I, dude, I remember clear as a bell where we were. I remember the street we were on where he said it, the turn he was making, the whole deal. <laughs> that, that's you know, so that's not fair. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was one of those things where, um, you know, when I was a kid, that was on, that was what I had access to. Yes. You know, that was another thing too, is that, you know, I only had access to your starter pack metal bands because when you're a kid and I mean, the internet was around in the late nineties, but not as heavy as it was, you know, five six seven years later later when I right really started to music you know um so for me it was uh it was kind of cool to sit there and be able to just hear this stuff on the radio and i i mean i remember uh you know a lot of a lot of kids that are young even younger than me don't remember doing this i remember having to sit on my like uh, on my radio on my stereo with my cassette player and what I would have to do is wait for my favorite songs to come on so that I could turn around and record it on a cassette so that I could listen to it. Really? So, see, I was going to I was going to bore you with my tale of woe of that. So when you said that you were, you know, you had um, you had the uh, the thing going on with the with the MySpace and that. So I was going to tell you that. So what we would do is Sunday mornings we'd listen to Casey Kasem, Top Forty. I would put my tape deck in front of my speaker in my room, and dude, this is how how nerdy I was. I'd record the whole show, all of it. The Madonna oh, songs, wow. the which I, you know back then I listened to everything. Just full disclosure, dude. In high school, junior high school, I was a squid. I I got into hip hop really early, and I've stayed. I've always been a hip hop head. I've always yeah. been a hip hop head. Um, I'm from the like, you know, and I didn't I didn't really go. I went to a very mixed school, so for me, um, you know, the stuff that I was listening to, like 
you know, I was listening to Sabbath, but I was also listening to DMX. R- right. Know, DMX's first couple records. And, uh, you know, that was stuff that I was listening to being like, what the fuck is this? Dude, I'm a real, like, real early on, I was a Brooklyn. I was Brooklyn all the way, all the way until uh, NWA came out and then I went West coast and, and I still dabbled in the, in, in the, some of the, some of the East coast stuff. And now I'm that I'm older and I'm looking for more stuff. It's kind of cool to unpack an old, an old album that you didn't know was there from, from an artist that maybe you listen to. Like I'm, I'm big into EPMD. I love, you know, uh, run DMC, obviously the BC boys are, I mean, that's those dudes, those dudes are G's. Um, but I would sit there and I would record the whole show and then I would have another tape deck and a number two pencil and I would record, I would take all the commercials out. So I'd make a mixtape every week. Oh, that's awesome. So it was a lot of work. <laughs> and then, you know, and then it's funny, I parlay that and that was what my childhood was because I was always into music, always. I never wasn't into music and always did stuff with music, which is really weird that I picked up a guitar so many times and took lessons and tried to play it and I can't fucking play a guitar. If you held a gun to my head and gave me some tab tablature work, I couldn't do it. Like I don't have the mechanical metaphysical ability to do it. I can play a drum set. I can play a drum set, you know, pretty proficiently, but cannot play the guitar. I, I would, I still, it's on my list of things I would love to be able to do, but <clears throat> I went from there and then went into disc jockey school and was on the radio and then put all that away. And then here I am 30 years later. And I'm, uh, after being in disc jockey school and having been a disc jockey in the radio and now I have the podcast, which is really kind of my own little, my own little, uh, radio show that I can say fuck on, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Isn't it? Well, the cool thing about the cool thing about having a podcast, because obviously I have a podcast as well. It's like, you know, it's it's good conversations with good people, and I also feel like if there's something of value to somebody, like you know, whether it be motorcycle knowledge or music knowledge or just world knowledge, you know, just hey man, just teaching somebody how to be a good dude or something like that, right? Um, then, you know, mission accomplished. If I get to hang out and talk shop with my friends, um, you know, that would be, that would be amazing. You know? Yeah. That's the thing I love about the podcast. And it's funny when you, when you ask somebody to be in a podcast and like, nah, you know, yeah, well, what is it? I remember I started my podcast in 2011 or 2012. And do you know who Darren Williams is from liquid illusions? The painter? No. Okay. So back a long time ago, he was like, he was the painter that you wanted to paint your bike. He was like in the Robert Pradke kind of, he paints a lot of stuff still this day. A lot of like, you, you're friends with Pat, aren't you? From, from Let's Lead? Yeah. So, you know, his, uh, or, his orange and white I, I mean, bike and stuff. Me and Pat know each other, but like, we're not, uh, you know, just in passing. Yeah. But you, you I'm, so, you know, you know, his work and you know him. And, and so, oh, of course. yeah, Pat and I go way back too. And so Darren paints all of Pat's stuff still this day. Right. So Darren was like, that was the, the, the G painter to have, have do your stuff. And so in 2012 or 2011, I don't remember which I asked him to be on the podcast and he's like, yeah, sure, dude. So he, uh, we get on the phone. He's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, well, we're going to podcast. We're going to talk. He's like, for how long? I'm like, I don't know, an hour. He's like, we're going to talk for an hour. What are we going to talk about? I'm like, we're just going to talk for an hour, dude. He's like, dude, people do people listen to this? I'm like, a lot of people listen to it. And it got so hard, <clears throat> so hard to book guests that I, I put it away for a while. But when you talk to somebody like yourself who has a podcast, 
and they say they know how hard it is to book guests guests and how you know they know they've got to you know they've got to keep on the front line of things and keep things moving and be you know and it's it's well, refreshing to talk it, to somebody <laughs> everybody has a schedule and that's the hard part yep you know when you get guys that you know like right now you know especially i mean if you want to talk about scheduling conflicts and scheduling problems, like I'm your boy, like <laughs> when because here's the thing, like, you know, last weekend I flew out to Atlanta to, to hang out with Jeff and do that, uh, do the, the King of the bagger stuff with yep. him. Then I go on tour. Like literally I flew home Tuesday, uh, Wednesday was yesterday. Today's Thursday. Tomorrow morning I drive out to Jersey for rehearsals for four days. Then I go to uh, Europe for a month. I fly home on May 30th, which is Memorial Day. Yep. And then two later, I fly out to Minnesota to hang out with Jeff again and do it all over again. Then two weeks after that, we, I mean, I, it's, I can't say what it is, well, dude, uh, but two weeks after that, we're doing, you know, the band leaves for more stuff. Well, and then, so, and then you have Sturgis. Are you going to be at Sturgis this year? Um, I do believe, luckily, I do believe that I'll be at Sturgis just because um, we had to pl we had plans to do touring, but um, the countries that we were trying to go to didn't necessarily like uh, they weren't ready to to really let people in, and we couldn't guarantee that the shows would actually happen. Gotcha. So we uh, we don't know if we want to go. Just because, you know, going to going to stuff like that or going to to you know countries and not knowing like what the deal is and not knowing if you know whether or not you're not necessarily coming back, but you don't know if uh, if the show's actually going to happen. You don't want to cancel stuff. You don't want to book flights and then have them turn around being like, "Yeah, sorry guys, the uh, the you know the show's not happening. The tour's not happening." Yeah, it's not like you're. It's not. Yeah, I, I get it. That's got to be extremely frustrating, extremely frustrating. So the podcast is relatively new. You've got like five episodes, right? Uh, yeah. So I started it. Um, I started it when everything kind of hit the fan. When shit hit the fan in in 2020, I was home from tour and just the the way I am as a dude, I'm like, I'm like, I, I need to do something. Like something needs to happen. Like I, I need to like focus on, you know, whatever it may be, because we didn't know when the next time we were touring was. Right. So started doing the podcast and I've had Tombstone Hardware, my clothing company for the last, you know, eight years, nine years, um, you know, and, and it's always been a back burner thing. It's always been something that, you know, I, I had it and, you know, I would, I would, do some cool t-shirts and stuff like that. And, you know, so that was going during uh, the COVID stuff during the first couple months and it was doing well. And I was like, well, how do I expand on the tombstone brand? It's like, all right, well, you know, tombstone is going to host a podcast, you know? And I ended up doing that for a little bit. I put out four episodes um, and I ended up getting the job with first in August of 2020 Right. So I just kind of put the uh, put the podcast on the back burner. But now that I'm not working with first anymore, I uh, 
you know, I'm like, man, I'm like, this is, I, I enjoyed doing it so much. The only thing that I didn't really enjoy was editing the audio just because right. me being in a band and me being an audio, not, I'm not an audio nerd, but right. I like when things are, are prim and proper. And I like things when, you know, when they're polished. So, uh, which is funny because I don't like my bikes or guitars like that. Um, I, I think bikes and guitars that look, you know, that look show quality are a little too homogenized or pasteurized or whatever. They don't have character to me. Yeah. And that's just, that's the personal opinion, you know, that that'll always be my personal opinion. Um, and it's a valid one, dude. It is what it is. Yeah. It's a very valid one. And I, you know, that's a good place. That's a good jump off point. Cause I, I want to circle back to, uh, to tombstone hardware too, but I, I want to talk about the motorcycle side of things because to me, motorcycles and music go together. So, so absolutely fantastically well. And, you know, we find ourselves in this community, um, you know, with dudes like, uh, you and me and Jim and Xavier and, you know, Jeff, and there's always music going on and that's, it's a good music and, and I hate this word fellowship because it sounds, I'm either talking about fucking Dungeons and Dragons or I'm talking about a cult, you know, going to church on the weekends. But I'm, I'm, what I'm talking about is, you know, the time where I think about your friends in this industry, guys like Jeff, like, you know, Jeff and I uh, have been friends for so long now, good friends that we've gone from the, hey, pleased to meet you to the, hey, what can I do for you to the, hey, what can you do for me to the, what can we do for each other to hey man, like, you know, we're in that space where when we see each other, it, we don't, yeah. we don't worry about how long it was since the last time we see each other. We don't, it's just, we literally like cosmically pick up from where we were just at. And it's, I'm so glad we're in that space, you know, with so many different yeah. people, but our friends don't fucking live by us. And that's what I was trying to get at is that, you know, all my best friends live literally all over the world. And so the motorcycles and the music and, and the tie in there and the, the rallies become so important. Yes. It's, uh, you know, being able to travel to different events and do all that stuff and, and really get it to the point where, um, you know, you can just hang out and, and hang out with your homies. And, uh, you know, that's why I like going to those events because even though we, we all are, you know, technically working these events, it's a place for all of us to just show up to, you know, mm -hmm. it's a place for all of us to, to head to and hang out and bullshit for however long it may be. And, uh, I, I personally, I absolutely love that shit. I love being able to go to events and hang out and say, all right, well, you know, I see this dude maybe twice a year, but you know, we're going to pick up, like you said, where we left off. Yeah, man. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, uh, I don't, and then some of the, some of the, the friendships turn into there's business transactions and there's personal transactions too. Like, you know, <clears throat> Jeff and I have, have, have actually made, we're very, we're, we're pretty close. I would, I think he would, he would, you know, he would say that too, that, you know, there's like these lists of people, right. There's not layered, not lists of like how important someone is. Yeah. Uh, that they're there, but how important it is if they're not going to be in your, in, in your circle anymore. And you know what they know about you as I always tell people, that's why a dog is man's best friends. Cause they only live 10 fucking years and every friend you've ever had longer than 10 fucking years knows something. Yeah. I don't care how close you are with them. Still, they 
know something about you that you don't want them to know anymore. Case in point, my friend from 30 some years ago that told me that this was our fucking song when nothing else matters comes on. I'm sure he's like, oh God, if he heard the podcast right now, he'd be like, yeah, that was me. And that's corny as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, of course, (laughs) it's always going to be like that. You know, you're always going to have those, those situations and and those bonds, whether it be, you know, and, and, What's crazy about all that stuff is that in my mind, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's just so funny. You can have the smallest interaction with someone and it could be the, the biggest interaction that they've had with you. Right. So, you know, you could sit there and, and be like, Oh, well, I don't even remember that, you know? And, and I, I don't know, like I, if, if I said something or I did something and, you know, somebody turned around and was just like, man, like, I don't even remember, you know, Do saying you're saying that, that. whatever it may be. it's, it's, it's very funny. Um, how, how invested people are into certain things and how people prioritize certain things when you prioritize others. Well, there you go. So the, the interaction you talk about, the smallest interaction. So I, I would equate it to our friendship. Um, we, I don't enter a room that you're already in and you don't come up every time you do it. You come up like, Hey man, how are you? You know, high, you know, fist bump, whatever, you know, are you good? Everything cool. And then you go do your job and I get to do mine, you know? And then later on down the week and bike week, we're both at Giuseppe's or we're both over at bills or we're both at the same party. And it's like, it's not like this, this work thing, but everything, every interaction I've had with you has been positive. So every thought I have of you is positive and, and I'm okay with that. And, and hopefully, you know, it, it makes people think like, okay, so it, it, if, if, if I left somebody with a, a negative opinion of, of me based off of my behavior, well, that their perception is reality. They're correct. They're a hundred percent correct that I can be an asshole, that I was an asshole. They saw me be an asshole. Now that doesn't mean that they, I never get an opportunity to redeem myself, but it does give you some clarity in, in the thinking about, you know what, you need to think about your actions. You need to think about what you say. You need to think about how you, you know, govern yourself. And you need to think about how you talk to people because yes. like you said, that interaction as small as it may be, will leave a lasting impression or has the opportunity yeah. to. What's crazy is that, you know, and, and sometimes you're not doing it intentionally. And like, I, I deal with a lot of this, you know, being in a band and stuff like that. And like, listen, man, people tend to forget that musicians are people too. And right. I mean, listen, celebrities, musicians, people that others hold in high regard, we're just humans. Yep. We're just people that, you know, eventually just end up doing something that you like. So for whatever, not whatever reason, but for, you know, whatever reason that person that, you know, may have, like they hold us to a higher regard. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes you're sitting there and, you know, you're, you're just trying to eat food and this dude is being a dick or wants a, you know, picture or something like that. Like, Dude, look at look at the shit that happened with Mike Tyson the other day. Yeah, right? dude, that's such a bullshit thing. And he's, you know, hopefully we've got to the other side of the cancel culture or close enough to the other side of the cancel culture to where people make that dude own his fucking shitty actions. Not Mike Tyson, the other guy. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just and and to be completely honest, like not saying that Mike Tyson is a complete, you know, angel because he's absolutely not, and we all know that. Um, but but you like how dumb do you have to be to really sit there and say, you know what? Today's the day that I'm going to fuck with Mike Tyson. Exactly. Well, not only that, two things. One, name me another celebrity that's done more fucking work on themselves in the last 30 years, and I'll wait. No one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another thing. He's like done said, a lot of work on himself. Like, he's on a lot of yeah. podcasts, dude, and that's all he talks about is self-work, self-work, self-work. And what he's done, he's put, he's proven it, right? And then you have another guy that, what do you think's going to happen when you, that's still Iron Mike Tyson, dude. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that that people tend to forget is that you know Mike Tyson is a fucking the dude's an animal. You know the dude's you know one of the best boxers to ever live. So yeah, maybe you don't want to just sit there and fuck with them. Maybe you don't want to be a dick. Maybe that's not a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe just fucking get an get an autograph like everybody else did. Dumb dumb. Um, yeah. I'm, I want to talk a little bit about Tombstone because I, I love – you have one of my favorite shirts um, that you sell, and it's the one that says – let me pull it up here. Yeah, I wanted to get the order right. Flat and knuckle and pan and shovel. Clever as eggs. Yeah. I love that. The overkill tee. There's lots of really cool stuff on, on there, and it's very creative, and I, and I dig it. And I, I love guys that have multiple hustles because I do. I've got the bike shop. I've got the – I've got the podcast, you know, last year I did the Torque Magazine thing and you know what I mean? So like, I like to keep busy and I like to keep my mind fresh and I like to try to see, man, maybe one of these things will fucking hit once in a while, right? And so you've got, you know, you, you do, you do fit for an autopsy. Obviously that's just, I would, I would imagine that's your main, your main vocation. And then you got your yep. side hustle of your podcast and, and you got your side hustle of the tombstone, but it's, it's all cool shit. It's not like, it's not disingenuous. So check this out, right? I'll, I'll cycle through all the shit that I do. So I, I have Tombstone, which I started in, you know, 2013. Um, and it was basically just a creative outlet. It was a, a way for me to just sit and be like, all right, cool. Like, I want to make some T-shirts. You know, it, obviously it was a, a money thing, too, because you're not going to get into a business in order to not make a little bit of cash. No, know? yeah. And, uh, you know, so I did the Tombstone thing for a while. So I have Tombstone. At the same time that I started Tombstone, I started doing leather work, which um, is actually really funny because right now during this podcast, I'm also making a pocket protector for a close friend of mine. So nice. I'll, uh, I'll send you that picture when, uh, when we're done. But um, so I do Tombstone. I do the leather work, uh, the band, obviously. But then... I also, I was streaming on Twitch for a little bit. I have the podcast. I do freelance social media. I do freelance photography. I have a leatherworking business where like, you know, a full on leatherworking brand that not a lot of people know about because it's not in the same wheelhouse as motorcycles and music. It's more so for your, you know, your average beach goer on Long Island that doesn't want to carry a massive wallet or a massive bag. It's small card slips and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's 8 million things that I do. Um, 
and you know to be completely honest i i don't think i'd have it any other way like i could win the lottery tomorrow and to be honest i'd probably still have eight million other businesses yeah it's the way i would do it too i mean i'm you know i tell people all the time like you know i'm good and and there's times you know there's times you own a i mean you just went through covid with a touring with a touring rock band uh there was the the fucking mailbox money is not there when you're doing that because you're not touring you're not you know even if people are downloading your shit and buying your shit they're you know, you're not, you're not doing as well as you are when you're touring. And so you've got to find other things. And so I'm like, I have to keep my mind active. I love my life. I'm very happy with where I'm at. Just got two brand new grandchildren. You know, my daughter, my youngest daughter's getting married this October. My oldest daughter's been married three years. And so I'm happy, dude. And if I won the lotto right now, all I would do is make all of the things that are problems that have to do with money go away. But that would be it, man. I'm like really, like I'm good. I know I know what my I know what my space looks like. I know where my happy place is, right? And that's something that I always told my kids. I don't care what you do, I want you to be happy. Just understand, a brain surgeon makes more than a than a, 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 a you know a wicket basket weaver. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. It's a lot of people. A lot of people look at that and. Um, you know, one of the one of the hardest parts for me is that, you know, I look at so many, so many people in this world that break their fucking backs and have nothing to show for it, you know, and it kind of sucks to to look at someone that worked so hard for 30, 40 years and they have no retirement, they have no benefits, they have no nothing, they have nothing to show for it. You know, you get a little bit of social security or disability or something like that, but, you know, these people aren't, you know, comfortable, you know. And that, no, that, how about the what, guy that fucking that slaves for his family for 35 years working at Ford Motor Company or GM or Chrysler or Kodak or wherever you pick a pick a company, and they, they retire when they're 62 and a half, 65, whatever, have a decent pension, but they're dead. You know, dude, my dad who, you know, when you do the, I like to do the maze backwards. Like I take my goal and I try to figure it out backwards where I want to get right. My dad died. Th- it'll be four years ago this September. He was my business partner and we did all that stuff. Right. I'm glad we did it because he didn't even make it to fucking 70 dude. And my dad used to get inside uh, tanker trucks with a torch and a, and a pick and, and scrape tar off the side of the inside of a fucking truck. You know what I mean? So holy shit. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, you're right. You got to be happy. You have to do, you have to do what makes you happy. And having a bunch of businesses and having a bunch of chaos around me apparently makes me, (laughs) makes me happy, Tim. I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, that, that definitely makes me happy to some extent. Um, But I'll be very honest. It's, it's a lot, a lot of it has to do with anxiety, man. Like, I think if, you know, if people are left to their own devices and, you know, they don't have things keeping them busy all the time. Certain people would go absolutely insane. And I'm kind of one of those people where, you know, I, I have a pretty level head on my shoulder, but I don't, I don't think I could sit there and just like, I, I couldn't do, I couldn't have a nine to five job, then go home and just chill. No, like, that's just not me. Dude, I've tried there's it so many times. It doesn't work. More, there's so much more out there in the world that, you know, I just, I 
I can't do it, man. I can't, I can't just sit there and say, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll just work a regular job, get paid a regular salary and then just go home to, you know, my apartment or something. I, I just, I can't do that. Other people that's totally different, but me personally, there's absolutely no way in hell. Um, can you tell me, can you describe for me the perfect, I know you just, you just put on social media, you just got one of those new soft tails. So I'm pretty excited to hear your impression of that. Once you get that from, from, I guess you got it from Tommy, but, uh, what's the perfect, if you're going to build a perfect chopper, tell me about the perfect motorcycle. Well, well, let me, let me preface this with, um, I have, uh, within the last year, right? So, so check this out. So 2020, I always had like one bike, right? Right. Uh, I always had one bike and, um, it was, it was one of those things where I never really had the money, um, to hold on one second. Uh, I never really had the money to buy multiple bikes. I never had the money to put into bikes. I never had the money to buy a new bike. Right. So, um, with me working at first and our tours getting canceled for so long, like I kind of had to reevaluate myself, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and within the last year, Right. So I traded uh, in 2020, I traded a, uh, I had a 1980 FXE, uh, 98 inch shovel head motor, like thing was a beast. Nice. And I, I traded that for an FXR. Good call. You know, I, I had an 82 FXR, which I loved. I took it apart. I bought, I built the FXE. I wanted to sell the FXE in order to build the FXR. Right dude hit me up was just like hey would you be willing to trade for an fxr i'm a chopper guy i got this bike in another trade i don't really want it and i'm like if i don't have to build a bike fuck yeah you know and i traded him it was a 84 fxrp dash uh uh, it was a windshield model not a not a you know fairing fairing model right um but it was an 84 FXRP with a 91 drivetrain in it. So it had all the upgrades that I wanted to do on, onto it anyway. Um, so I got that in 2020. Once I started working and building up this and building up that, so many things just fell into place from like November of 2020 to like up until like a month ago. Um, I got a... Um, I got a shovel head chop and this is what I have in my, in my garage. Now I got my FXR. I got a shovel chop. I fell into a pan head. I got a Jenny shovel. I have, uh, the ST coming. And then I have my dad's, uh, my dad's FXS, my dad's shovel head. Right. Nice. So, so you're talking two shovels, a pan head, a Jenny shovel, an ST and an Evo. That's six. So what's up? That's six. <laughs> so, so, well, and I mean, I also inherited a couple other bikes and stuff like that, but none of those are like really together. Um, but check this out. If you were to tell me, or if you were to ask me what I would build, I don't know 
if I could tell you, because I like everything. Like it's, it's so hard because I, I, I just, I love when it comes to Harley in general, you know, there's a couple other models out there. Like, you know, I think XS650 chops and stuff like that and CB550 chops and CB750 chops are really cool. Right. Um, but I'm a Harley guy through and through. And I've, I've always been like that. Um, and I, I want to say it would either be, uh, it would either be like a, a totally performance shovelhead FXR. Okay. Um, it, it, you know, probably in the vein of like, you know, I know a lot of people do the club style FXRs and stuff like that. But I'm over them. I, a more into the lowered yep thank you 90s style fxr thank you um so it would probably be that or it would be a it'd probably be like a 60s style either pan or shovel chop so like i'm talking uh you know stock springer front end stock you know uh, I mean, I like the I like the the straight leg frames instead of the, the wishbone pan head frames. Gotcha. I personally like the straight legs a little bit better. Um, I think they look a little bit cleaner, especially with not having the uh, the um, the sidecar loops and all that stuff. Right. Uh, obviously, it would be hardtailed. I do a Wassel tank. Uh, you know, solo seat, peep head. Uh, narrow rear fender uh 18 inch rear um and i'd probably try and go 18 inch rear drum because i think it looks a little bit cleaner i like the i i i'm a big fan of the juice break yeah i'm, I'm a big fan of that the juice drums yeah juice drums yep yeah yep yeah because i have i have a, a my 48 pan is the mechanical drum gotcha and um, there's, you know, that's it, too much gadgetry cool. for me. I like to be, I still like to be able to, I still like to be able to hide like, you know, brake lines and shit like that. If you, so I'm going to, yeah. I'll give you, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You want, let's just say there's a fake contest, but you won the contest and the contest was you have, you can have a bike built by um, any living builder. Cause I know if I say living or dead, I know what you'll pick, but uh, any living builder, who do you order the bike from? Oh man, man, that's so hard. Um, there's two dudes that come to mind right now. Um, one is uh, Jeff Cochran. Oh, just okay. I dude, I those swing arm chops are actually there's three that come to mind. Um, Jeff Cochran being one because his swing arm chops are fucking sick. Yep, and always seen his bikes and i always looked and and saw how um you know how meticulous those builds are um it would be him it would be matt jackson in down in texas because i mean when it comes to building a clean fucking bike a clean old chop like that shit is it, his his fucking builds are great and uh i'd probably go with uh uh, what is it? Masa from uh, Luck MC. Okay. Uh, let me just double double check that. 
I think, yeah, uh, yeah, Masa, dude. Um, I don't know if you've you've ever looked at the Luck MC stuff, but um, I I absolutely love it, man. I absolutely. Well, love I, it. I it just wrote so, that down because I, I want to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's he does a lot of cool shit, and um, you know I know I know a lot of a lot of guys in the states are all about the, you know, I don't care about how they do it in Japan and blah, 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 and all this shit. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of Japanese builders that are blowing motherfuckers out of the park when it comes to stuff like that. And it's not crazy outside of the box, but it's it's fucking sick. It's very sick. You know, and there's, dude, there's so many other cool builders Um you know, if, if I had an unlimited amount of money, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I would probably want to get my friends to, like, to be honest, I'd probably want to get my friends to build me bikes. Yeah, like, that's what, that's, would, that's my list is all my friends, like, you know. Yeah, like, down there. I would go, and, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, the, the builders who have, you know, my favorite fucking bikes, you know. But if I had an unlimited amount of money, and I was just like, you know what, I want to get five bikes built. Like I would go to my friends. I would go to Nick from fucking Mad Pen. You know, I, I that would be the first one I went to. It's funny. I, I wrote I wrote five dudes Ron. down. <laughs> then they're all my so, friends. I wrote five guys down. They're all my friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I would go to, you know, I would go to a, a guy like Brian Fastlane Pan. Like I I would be like, hey man, build me a bike. Or Eric Steinway. Like those guys that I've been friends with for ten years that. You know, every bike that they put together, like they're not these crazy fucking fabricators. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of crazy fabricators that you look at and you're like, I mean, those aren't the dudes guys- that I'm heading towards, though. I'm heading towards like Eric Steinway. Uh, Eric's his stuff is perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It's it's perfect. fucking perfect. He's such a nice dude, dude too. Oh yeah, when he first rolled up on that, uh, it, when when the pan head was in the uh, the swing arm frame, that black and orange pan head, mm-hmm. it was in the swing yep. frame. Bro, I fell in love with that bike. Absolutely fell in love with that bike. And you know, I'm sitting here, and I, I mean, I remember, I remember when when Brian, when I first met Brian, he was on his. Uh, uh, he had a pan, it was, uh, silver and red and, uh, he had, you know, molded fender or yeah, molded rear fender and stuff like that. I forget what the bike, you know, I forget what he called it, but, um, and it was just, there was so many small things that weren't, you know, necessarily th- these engineering masterpieces, but it was just so many small little things and so much thought that went into it. And, uh, we call those, know, those growers. We call those bikes grower, growers where you look at it, you're like, that's really nice. Then you come back later and you're like, holy shit, he did it that way. And then you come back later and you're like, oh my God, I didn't see that. So they grow yes. on you, right? So we call them yeah. growers. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's cool to be able to be friends with, you know, all these guys that, you know, I, uh, I just look at their bikes and I'm a fan. You know, it's cool to be fans of your friends. It is. And that's a great, that's a a fucking amazing way to articulate it because, and you know, I always tell everybody like, you know, I've done a lot over the last 18 years. I've been in a lot of rooms with a lot of people that in, I like that. I like that not everybody knows me, 
but I like that you know me. I like that yeah. I play to the back of the room because that's where that's where the long-term stuff is. Dude, I can tell you in the last 19 years, I w- a list a mile long of people that have come in, wowed the fucking crowd, did great work, were awesome, maybe even have been pretty cool people, but they weren't here for the long haul. They didn't play to the back of the room. And so when shit got tough, they fucking got going. And, you know, dudes that have been around, like, you know, Pat and I have known each other for a long time. Paul and I have known each other for a long time. I mean, you know, it goes back to that thing, that 10-year rule I have where they know something that you don't want them to know anymore. And, dude, that's where, that's when... when, when the chips fall, like you were saying, when this thing's all done and you, you retire and you, and you have, that's what you have. And you played to the back of the room as long as I have. I would, I would rather, much rather be a Warren Lane type, you know, a dude that is fucking highly regarded. You, you say Warren Lane in any fucking room and everybody there, there's only one Warren Lane. You know what I mean? Okay. There's only one Tim Holly. There's only one Jason Hallman, but that dude, L Ray. That fucking bike is banana sandwich. You know what I mean? That's yeah. one of the greatest bikes yeah. ever built. It's on my list of five greatest bikes ever fucking built. You know what I mean? You know, there's, there's, you know, there's a reason why there's so many builders that, and don't get me wrong, there have been thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of bike builders Yeah. over the past, you know, however many years, but it's the guys that step outside of the box and it's the guys that, you know, know when to step on toes and know when not to step on toes. Cause you know, there's, there's, listen, man, there's, there's times where, you know, you get guys that are, are really trying to go for it. And even in the music industry, like mm-hmm. guys that are really trying to go for it. And, you know, one thing that I always say, uh, and I, I don't know, I'm not going to take credit for the quote because I don't know who fucking said it to me, but, um, uh, you know, I've been saying this since high school. It's, it's, um, it's all about, it's be careful on the shoulders that you step on, on the way up, because those are the same shoulders that you need to step on, on the way down. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you get a lot of bike builders that come into the scene, they come in hot and they're like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. And it's like, all right, cool. Go for it. But, you know, they end up, clawing at the wrong people or you know just doing shit to get ahead of others when in reality like they didn't need to do that and they end up fucking themselves in the long run yeah my saying of that is sometimes it's okay to step over somebody it is never okay to step on somebody it's true very true so listen you uh you're getting ready for tour you're gonna be gone for at least a month right we're gonna hear you'll be back stateside at the nma uh, yeah, so I get back. Uh, I get back on March 30th. I fly home on Memorial Day. Okay. Uh, and then two days later, I'm uh, I'm out in uh, I'm out in Wisconsin with uh, with Jeff and the V2 and Visionary guys. Any uh, any U.S. tour dates? Uh, as of right now, I mean, I know what we're doing for the rest of the year, but uh, it, no, nothing announced right now. Nothing's announced besides Europe. Okay. Uh, so we uh, we leave for Europe in two days, uh, but trust me, uh, everywhere in between for the next however many many months, like we will be there. We <laughs> trust me. Very We're good. Be out basically from now until probably November. 
October, November. Very good. So, and then tombstonehardware.com is the clothing and the, the, the leather working line, right? Uh, yeah. So tombstonehardware.com is, is the clothing. Uh, the leather working stuff is South Shore Leatherworks. Um, and then I also do freelance stuff. If anybody's looking for a, you know, a quick, cool little belt or something, I do that stuff. And, yeah. Hang, uh, hang on after yeah. the show. Cause I want to ask you about that too, for sure. About a belt. Hell yeah. And the podcast is Thrash and Throttle. Yes, correct. And that's, I just looked. That's on Spotify. We can find that everywhere. And yep. uh, Tim, I appreciate the time today. We're we're past an hour. I do appreciate it. And uh, in in interest of allowing you to to roll your socks and your pants so they all fit in your in your luggage so yeah, you can get ready for your trip. <laughs> space saver. Uh, I got these space saver bags that uh, that work perfect. They rule, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, they're awesome. I, I fit 12 shirts. It's like 12 t-shirts and it's, there may be like, it's maybe like three inches thick, three, four inches thick. Will you guys be on a bus? Uh, yeah. So we do, when we go to Europe, we do a bus share with, uh, with other bands on the tour package. Nice. So it's like 20 guys in a, uh, in a bus. So it's like a sardine can, man. It's, oh, God, uh, it's a little bit. It smells packed. like fart. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, hang on a minute. I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to close the show out and I appreciate it. So go follow, uh, make sure you're following it. His regular site on Instagram is I am Tim Holly, right? That's your verified yep. site. And then there's tombstone hardware, thrash and throttle podcast and South shore Leatherworks. Tim, thank you so much for the time today. I appreciate that. And, uh, we're going to cut you loose here and it's been a pleasure. Oh yeah, guy. I'll talk to you. Thank you.